Hi, I'm Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation. I'm also the podcast host of Invest in Her and an award-winning producer, author, and TEDx speaker. Our show, Invest in Her, features phenomenal female founders and funders. As you know, women receive less than 2% of venture capital funding. Our series is about accelerating the funding of women by connecting them to funding resources. Let's meet today's guest. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation. And as you know, we are always about how do we connect female funders and female founders. Today, I have on an extraordinary guest. Her company and her have raised over $30 million in a Series B. Bravo. I would like to introduce you to the co-founder of the Sounding Board, Christine Tao. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. Oh, my gosh. My honor and my pleasure. Um, I always love meeting extraordinary founders like yourself. I know people are always in awe of women that can raise millions of dollars, especially in this environment where women get less than 2%. And as you and I talked about, less than 1% uh, goes to women of color. So, you know, really kudos to you. Let me start with that. (laughs) Thank you. It certainly hasn't been an easy journey to get here. And, you know, you're right. Um, We're excited about our most recent round, which is a $30 million Series B. Um, What I didn't realize is that, you know, now my company sounding board, we've raised almost $50 million to date. And I didn't know what a rare occurrence that was. And so, um, you know, happy and always wanting to be able to share my learnings because you can see the end result, but there is a lot of challenges and ups and downs to get here. And let's talk about those. But uh, first, I just want people to get to know you a little bit. Uh, Your background, you had shared with me that you were born in Taiwan uh, and then at two uh, moved to the U.S. So you basically grew up here. That's right. So um, so I'm based in California, um, Taiwanese and my background. And my father actually came to Silicon Valley and was one of those engineers that gave Silicon Valley its name. So he was designing chips and that were getting manufactured. Um, and he ended up starting his own company in uh, post that time. And so although I never thought I would start my own company, looking back, I realized we do have this entrepreneurial spirit in my family that runs through it. So I guess it was inevitable in some way. I do think the entrepreneur DNA absolutely exists because a lot of people do come from parents that were entrepreneurs and you do learn a lot from them, right? That's right. And I, I worked for my father at his company for four years before I went to business school. And so got just an incredible exposure to what it takes to build a company the challenges of it. And I think you're right. When you get exposed to that, it feels achievable. It, it's something you've experienced. It feels realizable. And so um, it maybe doesn't feel as scary as something that you never had experienced. Although I have to say bravo to your dad, because a lot of families do not encourage their daughters uh, to step into this space. So, you know, again, kudos to him for uh, encouraging you to do so. And if we had more dads and more men like that, 
you know, the world would be a big, uh, a better place because uh, we wouldn't be living all that female brain power on the sidelines like we're doing by not funding them. Uh, so let's talk about your journey uh, because, you know, you didn't wake up one day and raise 30 or $50 million. So what was that journey? You know, you had told me about, um, you know, why, first of all, why you started Sounding Board. Uh, I think it's a really interesting story. Uh, what the company does, let's tell everybody, is democratizes leadership and, and, and talk about why you thought everyone should have access to leadership um, coaching, is what I meant to say, leadership coaching, uh, because it really does help people navigate uh, any company and help them to grow and, and get to the top, right? When they have leadership coaching. And so, you know, here you were a young girl working for major companies. You, you had shared with me, I think Google, YouTube, and, and a big mobile company and had all this extraordinary opportunity uh, for leadership coaching that you didn't see that everyone had access to. I think it was just a phenomenal uh, insight on your part to see that that was a broken system and figured out a way to fix it. So tell us all about that because I'm just touching the surface here. Well, um, well, thank you. Yeah, you know, I think um, companies I've realized, you know, often because of the ups and downs, it's important that there really is this anchoring purpose behind and vision behind why you're doing what you're doing as a founder. And, you know, I'm really lucky that at Sounding Board, our inspiration, our vision really came from my personal experience, like you said. And, um, you know, the story is that, you know, I, as I mentioned, I'd spent time at Google and YouTube and then found myself at this startup called TapJoy in the mobile advertising space as employee 30. And what happened was we had caught this incredible trend as mobile apps came into the market, mobile platforms were being built on top of iOS and then Android. And we were providing a solution to that market. And so the company ended up scaling very quickly. We ended up building the business from zero to over $100 million in revenue in three years. And then I personally found myself from being just a salesperson, you know, carrying a bag, to suddenly I was running our entire global sales team, even overseeing our APAC in China offices as part of our executive management. And I'd just never done that job before. Um, and so I think I was lucky this was, you know, over a decade ago, um, our board and our CEO gave me a coach to work with. And while I had been at Google, you had to be a director or above to get access to that, a coach because it was so expensive. And what I ended up experiencing really was this profound, not only professional transformation, but a personal one as well. And my coach was an instrumental part of me being able to up-level into that leadership role. And so I ended up bringing the coach in to work with all of my middle managers, spent a lot of money on coaching. But just saw that, you know, now even the folks on my team, I could develop as well. And they were, you know, being promoted. They were being more impactful. So not only was it amazing for them individually to experience, but there was a real business impact to the organization for them getting that development. Um, and so really, that's what led me to think about as I left that company, 
you know, it was a profound experience I had. How do you bring that to more people? How do you bring that to people earlier in their careers when you really, when I really felt like I needed it most? Um, and I'm lucky enough now to be able to do that with my coach from that story. So Lori, who is my coach, is now my co-founder. And um, she's been a coach for over 25 years, really coaching at the public-private company CEO level. So a lot of what we do at Sounding Board is that focus on leadership development within the context of an organization and company. How do you become a more effective leader? And I think, you know, with what you're seeing happening in the market now, just record levels of change in the market, political issues, you know, um, so many things happening that the expectation and the needs to have strong leadership, not just at the top, but all the way down into your organization is really so critical. Um, that really has been a primary driver of our growth over the last few years and this move to a remote and hybrid model where everything we do is delivered virtually. And so, um, you know, feel very grateful to be where we are, but also really seeing that there's just such an urgent need for this across every company. Absolutely. And uh, let's mention that this is an AI innovation. So um, people explain to me, uh, so people aren't directly working with people, but an AI model that feels like they're communicating with the human. Is that right? Um, no. So actually, I'm glad you asked. The AI piece is actually around the coach matching. So oh. we at our core have a, there's a real coach, there's a human, you know, we have a network and it's a global network of coaches that will connect you into it. Where the technology really plays um, is how do you get that right match, right? Because you've never met this person. How, what, how do we understand context about you, your organization, context about the coach? to be able to facilitate a match in a relationship that will be able to have a big impact on your development. And so a lot of the technology we put in is behind the match. Um, and we do have this idea that really today, people want human connection more than ever. That need for a human connection is critical, particularly in a remote environment. And so that's actually one thing that we don't wanna take away from um, in our model. And I'm so glad you explained that. So the AI part of it is the matching, but then the actual coaching is with a, a person. Thanks yeah. for clarifying that. And uh, what if a coach uh, was listening? How do they apply to be part of this circle? Yeah, so we have a, um, you know, soundingboardinc.com is our website. We have a whole section dedicated to coaches. And it's one of the things that we're actually really proud of because if you think about, um, any, you know, this is a professional skill in the community. Um, what we've done is we've invested a lot in our coaching community to really make that a place that coaches want to go to be able to not only engage with incredible customers and companies that we connect them to, but also an incredible community to connect with their peers, to up-level their own skills as a coach. We even have learning systems and um, tracks that we put our coaches through to help them develop. And so we've invested quite a bit to be able to make this a place that coaches know they're going to be able to develop themselves as well um, as they're developing the leaders that they work with. I love that. I, I, I think it's just amazing that you saw that 
was broken and that you had the solution to fix it. It's no wonder you're getting funded because I really think the ones that get funded are really, you know, uh, they're answering a problem. And that was a problem. It was a solution. Um, I know it wasn't easy. So let's talk about what was your first raise and how did you get it? And what have your obstacles been? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I look at now, so we raised our first round of venture funding at the end of 2017, but I had bootstrapped the company for about a year before we got to that first raise. And we had applied to accelerators, got rejected by a lot of them. You know, um, it certainly wasn't a lack of trying. Um, And I want to interject there. Yeah, yeah. I think accelerators are a great way to launch a business. But what I want people to hear today is that you've raised $50 million and you got turned down by some accelerators. So ladies, keep going. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and I think a lot of it um, is that there are so many different avenues and paths to growth now. And I do think that's important to know because um, each accelerator also has their own focus, right? So just like every investor has different reasons for saying no, I think as long as you really continue to believe in your idea, push on that, push towards the progress, there is a path forward. It might not be the same path as others. It certainly wasn't for us, um, but you know there is a path forward. And, and what I was going to say is that you know, now looking back, you have these very distinct phases, right? Accelerator, pre-seed, seed, seed extension, then you go to the A. Well, we basically went through most of those, but at the time, my experience was, I was just trying to bring in money at every opportunity that I could get. So we closed our first million dollars at the end of 2017. And then we closed another tranche, um, probably a year after that, we, we tried to pitch for our Series A as early as 2018, 2019, didn't get there, but then ended up raising additional seed extension funding. And so I think it's this um, notion that often people think it has to be done a certain way or it looks like a linear trajectory, but the experience of that actually is not necessarily that same linear story. And how did you raise that first million? Was that through angel investors or what was the path? Yeah, it was a mix of um, lead investors. So Bloomberg Beta and Precursor Ventures were our two institutionals. Bloomberg Beta led the round. And then we did bring in some angels, some folks from my network um, as part of that round. I actually found it just as challenging to pitch angels as it was to pitch a fund because there's the same decision criteria that has to happen, but the checks are a lot smaller. And so for me, and, and I had a network, but it was still a learning um, for me how to be able to engage and pitch a company and a business idea. Um, and so for me, we ended up closing the round and bringing the angels that were interested alongside with that. And I think that was the right, and we even priced the round um, and that was our first round. Um, so it was, a very different experience, I think, oftentimes in people thinking you have to go angel into institutional. And uh, is your pitch deck that you started with a lot different today? The pitch deck definitely is. What I am proud to say is that our vision has stayed the same. So our vision and sounding board has always been to help develop the world's most impactful leaders and to do that for the largest global enterprises. And it really is something that is at the core of what we do. 
how I tell that story, what we share, what the pitch looks like dramatically evolved and is probably one of the big learnings that I had in terms of fundraising and engaging with investors. So now that you have this funding, are you looking to acquire other companies that would fit into what you're doing? Look, I think certainly as you enter a growth stage like we are, um, you do have now more ability to look at different routes to growth. So M&A is certainly something that we have looked at. I actually just hired a head of legal and corp dev and partnerships. So that is a focus for us, but it ultimately has to come back to, does this help us accelerate towards that vision? You know, what did make sense for us to build versus buy? And then what are our priorities? Um, For us right now, major priority is really around building a broader ecosystem of partners around our platform and our solution big investments in the product and tech. So we're investing a lot in data. Um, And so where we can, we think there's a lot that we can build, but certainly open to that. And what clients are you uh, either working with or wanting to work with? Like what type of clients? Is it big corporate Fortune 500s or what's the target? Yeah, so we do have um, several Fortune 500 companies. So enterprise and true global enterprise is definitely a sweet spot for us because Our customers can also license our technology to stand up their own programs, build their own internal cadre of coaches, even if they aren't using our network to deliver that coaching end to end. So we have the ability to license the software, which you can imagine more suitable for the larger enterprises. Um, And then what we can do is also deliver on top of that. So our other segment is what I'd call growth or mid-market. So we work with a lot of late stage, pre-post-IPO companies where you imagine if you're growing very quickly, you're probably promoting people up into leadership roles that haven't done that before, but you need them to be able to be effective in that job quickly. And so coaching becomes a really incredible model for that type of a use case. And the uh, upside of using sounding board as opposed to just going out and finding a coach is that you've already vetted them, trained them. You have a pool of them. You have ones that uh, address different levels of management. So it saves them time and money. I take it. That's right. And then it all gets unified onto a consistent platform where a big challenge with coaching was, it was a black box. Was it effective? Are you using it? What's the impact of that investment back to the organization? And so you know, I talked about our investment in data. We have the ability to be able to run assessments on your sort of skill level around different leadership capabilities. We can collect feedback that allow us to track your progress and your engagement. And so what's happened is for companies, understanding the impact of coaching and how that can be deployed, how it's helping to up-level their leaders' skills is incredibly powerful because now they can talk about, well, then why wouldn't we scale this to more people, right? They have the data to really back that up. Right. I love that. It's genius. It's awesome. Uh, I can see you continuing to grow. Um, And thank you so much for sharing all that. So if people are heading up uh, big enterprise companies, they can reach out to you. If they're coaches, they can uh, also visit soundingboardinc.com. Um, is it .com? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So many are different today. And uh, I take it they can find Sounding Board on social media. Uh, 
where would where would be the best place to find you, Christine? I am, you know, these days I only have time for one platform. <laughs> and so um, we are big on LinkedIn just because that's where a lot of our audience and our customers mm-hmm. are. Um, so certainly sense. you can follow me. I'm Christine Pitao. And then you can also, of course, go to the Sounding Board site. Love it. Love it. And of course, everybody can follow us, Catherine Gray at Invest in Her on Instagram, and then She Angel Investors on Facebook and uh, Twitter. And then, of course, Catherine Gray at LinkedIn. So, yeah, LinkedIn has been uh, amazing, I think, uh, especially in the business world. Uh, makes perfect sense to have a big presence there. Um, to close up, uh, what would be your piece of advice for someone that has an extraordinary idea like you had uh, and doesn't really know where to begin on starting to get the funding? What would be the first thing that they should do based on your experience? Yeah, I think uh, um, one of the things just to think about is what do you want for your business? Because there's lots of different paths to funding. It could be loans right? It could be more non-traditional funding that is not necessarily a venture route. You know, the stats are there. There aren't, there's very few companies actually that go a venture back route. I think being in Silicon Valley, you always think, oh, that's the way you're supposed to go. But there's so many different paths to funding, especially in the early stages and actually getting the right match and thinking about what do you want? Are you trying to build a small business? Are you trying to build a venture scale business? And then matching to the right funding is something that I certainly wasn't um, mature enough in my own thinking, even when I was first starting out, because a mismatch actually can have an incredible impact on the right outcomes for you as an entrepreneur. You know, and I'm so glad you said that because we launched our e-course called Six Ways to Fund Your Business that talks about all the different ways so people can figure out which one is best for them, and how to connect to those sources. Uh, It's on our sheangelinvestors.com site. So I'm really happy you brought that up because I couldn't agree with you more that one of the biggest obstacles is people, most women don't even know what the options are. And then once they do know what they are, how to understand it. So we've made it simple to understand and then how to access it once they do determine which way. So I'm really glad you brought that up. A lot of people don't bring that up. And um, like you said, venture capitals for very few, especially with women getting less than 2% of venture capital, it's not always viable, but I'm glad that you're one of those success stories because, you know, we're always preaching that we need more female uh, angel investors and we need more female founded funds. Uh, so that we can move that needle and accelerate. Uh, I'd love to, I know we would all love to see more venture capital go to women and uh, slowly but surely we're trying to move it in that direction. But in the meantime, there are other options of how to fund your business. So thank you for bringing that up. Well, uh, I guess we'll close on that note. Thank you so much, Christine, for sharing your story and your time and your knowledge and wisdom with us. Have a beautiful week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thank you. And remember to check out the Wealthy Women's Summit put on by our podcast sponsor, The Bra Network. Here's a message from their founder, Carrie Murray. I know we've all been to hundreds of conferences, just hearing the word conference and you can picture the lanyard and the name tag and the taste of cold coffee. You wrap up, you post on Instagram, maybe you get a swag bag, you leave thinking, well, now that I'm empowered, what's next? How does this help my growth, both personally and professionally? 
Well, it's time to change things up. It's time to shake things out. Prosperity plus abundance. Flourish plus consciousness. That is the Wealthy Women Summit. Set for August 25th and 26th in the beautiful Long Beach Harbor, right next to the Queen Mary, docked is the Sir Winston Yacht, because nothing says a conference about wealth than a conference that takes place on a yacht. We are going to have panels and speakers and workshops on all the different decks, everything to help you cultivate a life that is more than just wealth, meaning the money you have in the bank, but wealth in mind and body, wealth in leadership and growth, wealth in health, wealth in life. We want to provide you with a full experience of living a wealthy lifestyle. Now, I want you to head over to the wewosummit.com website. It's wewo, W-E-W-O, summit.com and use promo code invest to get 15% off your ticket to this very unique experience. See you this summer. Remember, if you're looking to launch a business or grow your business, check out our e-course, Six Ways to Fund Your Business, available at sheangelinvestors.com.